Welcome everyone to RB1 Colorado Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by SB Nation, part of the Freight Teams Podcast channel slash network slash whole shebangadang. I am the conductor of the Devin Funches hype train, lover of Nikhil Harry before it was cool, and your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined by only one of the guys tonight. It is just DK Metcalf's number one admirer, proponent for Jon Snow's hair product line, Mr. Independent Drinker, Clark Barnes. Clark, how are you doing tonight? Pete, we're starting off great. I'm on mute, and I think your <laughs> microphone is a little too close to oh, your mouth. Oh, no, is it too loud? All right. All right, I'll turn the gain down so that it's so that it doesn't top out. There we go. Perfect. Good. Yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> it's better. A little bit more or... Perfect. I think, uh, this, I think this will be the way to do it then. Okay. I'll just have it naturally rest on my stomach and uh, allow my loud voice to take over and do the rest of the work. I know I'm in a new setting. I've now officially we've moved out of our Boston apartment, and so now we're spending the summer with my parents, rent free, food cost free, uh, before we ultimately make the move to Michigan. So now I've I have to get acclimated with this new recording setup, and so I got to very nice. Thank might, you. We, might we see a parent wander into the podcast? We might. We might. Maybe I'll have to spice up my location so that I'm a little more central to the house so that we can uh, have a random parent sighting at some point during during the summer. Off-season goals, man. Right. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. Well, we got a couple things on the docket tonight. Uh, we're going to do – there's some news, and I'm a little I'm, – I'm right now peeling back the uh, piano curtain, debating as to whether what's the appropriate way to do it. Um, but then the main thing, the main, uh, the main course for the, for the podcast is we're going to go over Clark on fake released his way too early top 100 fantasy rankings. Um, and so we are going to go over those and, and, uh, give our, well, I just, it'll just be me give my thoughts on it and have Clark defend himself on some of these takes. Um, yeah, I think for the news, Clark, there's not a lot has gone down. I was going to initially do your favorite, uh, news segment reading only NFL.com headlines and not the articles themselves. But then I looked over and there's A, not a lot of news, B, not a lot of like kind of fun, crafty headlines that make you really scratch your head. We got to wait for training camp to start uh, in the preseason. Then you get all kinds of good clickbait articles. Yeah, these are the weeks that you really don't want any news to come out because it's all vacation. So it'll be either people severely injuring themselves in some not team activity or uh, someone going to the old pokey. Yeah. So what I will say, the one news point that we will talk about, uh, since I know it's, he has a special place in your heart, uh, during the last week, I guess, or in between podcasts, Jamal Charles signed a one-day deal with the Kansas City Chiefs to retire as a Chief. Clark, you have long been a fan, proponent uh, of Jamal Charles, and so I figured I would give you a platform to, to say your goodbyes to him as he retires from the NFL. He's back in my top 10. <laughs> I don't care how long the contract is for. It's uh, fake. Uh, yeah, Jamal Charles was uh, just just really one of a kind. We, we've we seen some fast backs burst onto the scene and burn out really quickly. But Jamal Charles did it for four or five years, which I know four or five years isn't the longest career. But to burn so brightly for four or five years, I think, is is just great. Uh, like the, the numbers is something like more than five and a half yards per carry. And this was a, a feature back. So not five and a half yards a carry on like 75 carries a year, but like a legit 
five and a half yards a carry. And while yards per carry isn't the best stat in the world, when you're such an extreme outlier in any category, that's impressive. And when it's impressive in the most important one <laughs> for people who are supposed to manufacture yards, that that that's just amazing. Um, Jamal Charles has done a lot of stuff with the Special Olympics. Like, you know, the, we got to celebrate guys that aren't knuckleheads because we talk about the guys that are knuckleheads a lot. Uh, you can tell I am... I'm a little, I'm a, I'm all a flutter thinking about my Lord and Savior JC. Uh, you know, sad to see him retire, but happy that he had such a great career, and he'll always be remembered fondly. Uh, people who've been reading me for a long time, first, sorry, uh, but we'll remember <laughs> the year that Jamal Charles was supposed to come back from his ACL injury. I just unabashedly ranked him number one overall, uh, and he did not play. So that makes two years. <laughs> that I have ranked someone number one overall who did not play a single game in the NFL that year. Thank you, Rebion Bell, last year. And how many how many fantasy professionals can can claim that? I guess I, I think that's a great distinction right there, Clark. You have, you've really differentiated yourself from the masses. Yeah, and uh, anyone listening, you can help me not make such stupid <laughs> mistakes by checking out my ranks on faketeams.com. And tweet at me. Let me, you know, I, I don't put out these ranks to say this is absolutely going to be how it's going to be this early in the season. I just like to get my thoughts out there. Of I, I like to start on my own, and then I'll start consuming other people's uh, ranks and you know all the targets lost and targets gained for all of these teams. This is just a starting point. So I always love to talk about what, what where I am a genius, and then obviously. Uh, why shouldn't rank someone who's not going to play number one overall? Ezekiel Elliott's not looking good for you, boy. Oof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Zeke. This is not a great start for you. Uh, well, let's just, I mean, you can also go read it on faketeams.com, but also just tune into the rest of the podcast. Because uh, really, that's the only thing on the news. So let's just get right into this. So this is Clark's top 100. He really did. He really went above and beyond and did 108. Um, which right off the bat, Clark, what was what is your defense for doing 108? Were you just like, I need to get Alexander Madsen in my top rankings and I can't fit him in in the top 100, so I'm just going to create a random number until I get him in? Well, I, I decided that I'm going to try harder this year with my fantasy writing. And uh, so I did a top 100. And then, you know, it takes a long – thanks, poor chap. It takes a long time to – do all of this like you got to make sure you spell everyone's name right like I, I remember for several years i would release this and then uh 14 team mocker i'm not sure if he's still on twitter would send me a bunch of tweets of all of the people's names that i'd spelled wrong like how many friggin time how many different ways can you spell Devonte? a lot oh, so apparently. many yeah james connor with an e yeah. so <laughs> you know i'm going through all this stuff and i keep thinking like well you left this guy out like you, you need to throw him in there I was like, well, you've only got like five or six quarterbacks and yeah, wait on quarterback, but like, let's go ahead and rank some quarterbacks. Let's get them in there. And then I think by the time draft season rolls around, we're going to be at like 130 or 140. Cause I, I always forget someone. Yeah. Well, I, I have to give you props, man, because I I'm all for somehow it's much easier for me to do position rankings because I can then do a direct comparison, right? It's like, you know, if I'm just ranking wide receivers, it's much easier for me to, to figure out where I'd want to take these guys. Doing a huge mass ranking is really tough for me because it, it is so arbitrary or, or to each other, you know, to your own personal 
taste and and fantasy league that you play in like where do you take your quarterbacks where do you take your tight ends where do you take your you know where are all these kind of positions that maybe have traditionally gotten pushed down where do they fall so i give you a ton of credit for being able to put together a, a top 100 list with everyone kind of being intermittently ranked i i am much more comfortable and and like to stay in just my positional rankings it makes it easier for me so at the top of this shout props to you well, thank you. And, th- and there's a few things to talk about. There's a lot of different ways to do ranks. Some people, I, I know there's a contest every year to see uh, who can be the most accurate ranker. And that is, you know, you rank the number one person who you think is going to finish number one. Uh, and, and I don't do it that way. I, I rank these guys based on where I would take them in drafts. And that makes it a lot easier to do the intermittent ranks because you'll see the article just kind of naturally breaks out into tiers. Yeah. And and when I'm out of running backs that I'd like to take, well then then is wide receiver time. We do a run on wide receivers. So let's get into it. We'll start at we'll, we'll start at 100 and we'll just do batches of 10 going all the way up. Uh, and with each one, maybe there's someone who sticks out to you who you'd like to talk about. Uh, some of them I know Nick isn't on the podcast. Uh, he's having technical difficulties. Uh, but he has some thoughts that he will share, and I'll make sure to read his thoughts when we get to those players. I will have some opinions to uh, to voice. Jordan is, meanwhile, his company is housing in Vegas right now, so I'm sure he's doing uh, all kinds of fun things that are not talking to us right now. Good for him. Hey. Good great. for him. Hey. I'm not going to hate. Hate that you're not here, but congratulations. But congratulations. Congratulations on the work. Uh, so let's start. So number 100, you have Marquise Brown, wide receiver in Baltimore. Number 99, McCole Hardman, wide receiver for the Chiefs. Number eight, Alshon Jeffrey. Number 97, TJ Yeldon. 96, David Montgomery. 95, Damian Williams. Uh, 94, Geronimo Allison. 93, Traquan Smith. 92, Rashad Penny. 91, Kyle Rudolph. 90, Jack Doyle. Uh, for me, my first point is, you have Kyle Rudolph at 91, but you're tight end eight. Do you see any worry with Irv Smith coming in and the fact that the Vikings have already kind of voiced their opinion on uh, on maybe wanting to look to move Rudolph? I'm not worried about the rookie unless they trade Rudolph. That will certainly change things. Uh, but Rudolph, <laughs> there, there are four tight ends, uh, maybe five, that are worth anything. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't pick one of them like the tight end 12 last year, I think was something like 500 yards and six touchdowns. Like, think of that as from a week to week fantasy perspective, right? You got nothing. So like, it, I have always been a proponent of, of drafting Gronk in the first round and, and a while ago, Kelsey in the second and more on that to come. Oh, yeah. Ooh, baby. Uh, anyone from that spot that you were, are particularly stoked on or, or like to talk about yeah you'll th- this is how the 100 turns into 108 during because <laughs> i i already see that i don't have lamar jackson on here and he is I, yeah. i'm probably not going to walk away from a lot of drafts without taking him as a why the hell not second qb i dropped i draft early in a lot of weeks so we got time to move around um i i believe in lamar jackson as a quarterback from from his college tape, he can pass. I think he was thrown into an odd situation last year, and uh, the coaching staff in Baltimore was very smart. Instead of trying to give up on the year and just let him grow, they said, nope, we can we can do this weird running offense and get into the playoffs, and they did. But I think Lamar Jackson having an offseason 
uh, to get acclimated to the entire offense. I think he's shown from Louisville that he can pass. He's perfectly capable as a passer. Uh, and so Marquise Brown probably being the number one receiver there now, I think is really intriguing and he's, he's almost free. So I, I like him at a hundred. Yeah. I would like to, uh, I mean, it's well, well documented our love for Lamar Jackson on this podcast, but I would like everyone to cool it with this Lamar Jackson hate in the, just, it seems like it was very hot during the draft when the Ravens went out and got multiple wide receivers for everyone to be like, Oh, but Lamar Jackson can't pass the football. So, you know, what is the really the fantasy up value? Like they're just going to be running the football the whole time. And he can throw the football. He is a good quarterback. He has, yes, there's some accuracy issues, but that's just, you know, he's a young quarterback. You learn to perfect those things. It's so funny to me how everyone is overlooking the, you know, Josh Allen. Everyone's on board with like, oh, yeah, he put together a great rookie season. He's going to be superb in his second year. But J- Lamar Jackson, despite having similar, you know, issues i guess you would say as a, as a quarterback accuracy and, and having a strong arm but maybe not being able entirely to control that or be able to accurate you know, put touch on it regularly i just think i think lamar jackson i agree with you clark i will buy him in most every league as a why the hell not pick and i also just think that he could i would not be surprised if he becomes a top 10 maybe even top seven fantasy quarterback this year because he has that running ability which we've seen on display and we know he can pass the football. So why not now that he's got all these weapons around him? Why, what's to say that he can't make it all click? Yep. I'm with you. I, I hope everybody keeps hating on him. That's fine. Don't. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Don't I'll let him. I'll let him fall directly into my lap. Yeah. Uh, all right. 89. You have Jared Cook. 88. Royce Freeman. 87. Deva- Donta Foreman. Uh, 86. LaShawn McCoy. 85. Evan Ingram. 84. Mike Williams. 83, Cam Newton, 82, Carson Wentz, 81, Russell Wilson, and 80, Deshaun Watson. Uh, my two points for this cluster of things. First of all, in your uh, LaShawn McCoy comment, you say, as much as I hate to say it, I probably need to move him up your board. On my board, LaShawn McCoy is undraftable, both in because of I just think that he's garbage uh, as a person, and B, and B because I really don't think that there's much left on his tires. I think that I think that the Bills drafted um and now I'm blanking on his name. Something Singletary. Devin Singletary? Mike Singletary. Mike Singletary. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Something Singletary, I believe. Uh and he I could see him coming in and spelling both kicking out both uh, McCoy and Frank Gore. And I just we've talked about this a lot. Fantasy is fantasy, right? You you draft the team that you want to root for that you filled with players you enjoy i do not enjoy the sean mccoy as a person and so thus i will never draft him so i totally respect you with your selection of where where the sean mccoy is on your board yeah i originally wrote since i hate the sean mccoy so much i'm probably <laughs> a little too low on him and i thought like uh, let's not put that in your top 100 like right away so i, I cut it out and just put i'm probably too low this is this is the range where I, I am shrugging my shoulders other than the QB order. Mm. Like I'm shrugging my shoulders. If these are just a lot of guys to keep an eye on, we're going to learn a lot about them in the preseason. LaShawn McCoy could get cut in like five or six days and the bills would save seven or $8 million. But if he goes into the season as the RB one, uh, I'll probably move him up a little bit, but okay. I, I, I probably won't pick him. I, I just, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't always let my uh, 
morality or my like for someone <laughs> interfere, but you know, when you're borderline player anyway, it's like, eh, just I'd rather root for someone else than LaShawn McCoy. Totally. Uh, I'm going to grom in your 79 and your 78 because they're both quarterbacks. And I want to talk about your, your ranking of these quarterbacks. So you, like I said, Cam Newton at 83, Carson Wentz, 82, Russell Wilson, 81, Deshaun Watson, 80. And then you have Matt Ryan, 79, Baker Mayfield, 78. And while those numbers are big because, you know, we don't like to draft quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield is your QB four, Matt Ryan, QB five, Deshaun Watson, six, Russell Wilson, seven, Carson Wentz, eight, and Cam Newton, nine. I am surprised at how low Russell Wilson is. Is that purely just because of Brian Schottenheimer's got to run the football 700 times a game offense? Or do you think that, do you really think that Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan and Baker Mayfield are going to be that much better from a, from a passing stats standpoint? I, I think they just have more potential to do it. I think if you get Russell Wilson at number seven, you're very happy. Totally. I don't think Russell Wilson has a 4,800 yard, you know, 45 touchdown season in him. And I think all of these other guys do just because Seattle doesn't right. play that offense. If I'm, if I'm, I, I know this is kind of a tired theme, but like if I'm starting an NFL team, Russell Wilson is on the top of this list, mm-hmm. but, but just for fantasy, I mean, I'm projecting Baker Mayfield because man, he had such a good close to his second year. Matt Ryan throws a lot of touchdowns. Maybe that comes back to earth a little bit with uh, Freeman back in the mix and, you know, Mayfield and Watson both have some wheels. Russell's not win- running as much as he used to. I knocked him a couple of spots because of the uh, contract announcement thing. So, yeah, and Cam, boy, when a physical quarterback has shoulder problems for a couple of years in a row, that's concerning as well. So No, the Cam one, I'm, I'm totally on board with you with Cam. Cam and Carson Wentz, I think you're both those injury worries have proven themselves to be something to – to take into consideration uh matt ryan is a guy who who kind of is for me like matt stafford in the sense that they're they're different calibers to a certain extent but but in the sense that there are quarterbacks who if you draft them everyone in your league will kind of be like oh all right sure have fun with that i think jordan last year called matt ryan the plain donut <laughs> and it's, it's 100 yeah. true but the thing is when you like but a plain donut's a good donut it's fine it's, it's a fine. good donut and matt ryan i think is like quietly under he's very underrated as a quarterback particularly in fantasy like he regularly puts up good numbers and the fact that the falcons spent the entire draft reinforcing that offensive line I think they're going to have a really strong line in front of him that's going to give him much more time, and he's going to be a much more effective quarterback. Yeah, Tons of weapons. Julio, Calvin Ridley had a a very good rookie season. Mohamed Sanu is their what? They're number three now. Freeman, you know, Atlanta's offense should once again be very good. Yeah. No, if if I love Baker Mayfield, and I loved having him on my team last year – but if Baker Mayfield goes early because people are just way hyped, which is rightfully so, that team is loaded with talent. And Baker Mayfield proved under Freddie Kitchen's offense that he can just be, you know, compete with the best of them. I'm happily taking Matt Ryan as a consolation prize. Happily. Uh, all right, let's move on. 77, you have Naheem Hines. 76, Dion Lewis. 75, James White. 74, Peyton Barber. 73, Tariq Cohen. 72, Kenyon Drake. 71, Matt Breida. 70, Miles Sanders. Basically, the running back group. As, as we will now tell, call them. Uh, I'm surprised at how high you are on Peyton Barber. Defend yourself. 
<laughs> he's gonna start right or like we that's what we think right now and and so yeah like, it's a starting running back it's fair it's fair it's, yeah. it's not the best analysis in the world but like it's, it's, he's a starting running back on an nfl team there's only so many of those you know so this is what like the seventh round sixth round so it's true sure. i just i just have a i have an issue with you putting james white below him and I know that James White in the Patriots, like running backs in the Patriots offense are hard to predict. James White is not a running back for the New England Patriots. He is their second best wide receiver. Yeah, James White is ranked here because, one, this is a standard scoring mm. exercise. And the Patriots running backs are maddening. To own. Like, I would bet a lot that James White finishes above Peyton Barber in scoring. But I, but I bet James White has more two point games than whoever starts for the Buccaneers. Also, so I just uh. it's just just the predicament that you find yourself in. Yeah, and I mean, so again, why you know it'd be fun if people bring things up. Like I'm looking at this, and Tariq Cohen should be behind all these guys. Like you I think at it now? I'm like no, because yeah, because you think Tariq Cohen should be behind all of these guys? I think Tariq Cohen to start him. But I don't think it's a start thing. I think Tariq Cohen has a real defined role in that Nagy's offense, and I think it's only going to get better now with his second year. I think Tariq Cohen is a, is a James White kind of player where, yes, they're not the starting running back, but they are going to be, you know, they're going to be the, they're going to have a fundamental role in that offense, which will get them reliable production. Yeah, I think it's too, too streaky with Tariq Cohen. I'll, I'm just going to pass on him, probably. All right, all right. Clark Barnes. All right. Uh, 69, Marquise Goodwin. 68, Golden Tate. 67, Marvin Jones. 66, Cooper Cup. 65, Will Fuller. 64, Kenny Stills. 63, Patrick Mahomes. 62, Aaron Rodgers. 61, John Brown. 60, DJ Moore. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, your QB2, QB3. That I'm on board with. I, I like that. What I'm, what I'm surpri- not surprised, I should say, but uh, Will Fuller, Will Fuller at, at 65, how many games, in, in your most optimistic estimate, how many games does Will Fuller play this season? 16. <laughs> so my Texans is probably showing there. Uh, but he, except, except for the fact that Will Fuller's stats with Deshaun Watson are incredible. Yeah. And, like, you're right. It's just a health issue. Like, if you take if you take his stats from two years with Deshaun Watson when he's healthy and you extrapolate it for a full sixteen game season, it's astronomical. The guy averages like a hundred yards per game. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, you're going to take a risk on him, but this is Will Fuller is the kind of guy that I'll take if I end up with three running backs and a tight end. Like I'd rather take a big shot mm. at wide receiver than you know I'm going to say who's a little lower on my list. I don't know. I kind of like all those guys right there. That's why I rank them right there. Uh, but I mean, I'd rather have Will Fuller than like Golden Tate. I think Golden Tate's good. I think Golden Tate's going to be the main receiver in New York. Uh, that New York scares the hell out of me. We'll mm-hmm. talk more about that later. But Will Fuller, man, if he does play 16, you know, he and Hopkins will be kind of like that. I think Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. of like both of those guys just have huge years because what are defenses supposed to do? Right. Yeah. And again, I, you said it just a, a little bit ago, but to stress, this is for standard because I think Golden Tate is going to have a great PPR league, 
PPR season because of the fact that you're right. He's probably going to be the number one receiver and who else are the Giants going to throw the ball to. But I'm worried that that production is going to be very much tied to receptions and not tied to touchdowns, which ultimately in standard is where the points come from. I also want to give you props for ranking John Brown at a reasonable level, despite the fact that your love for him is undying. I I thought I was going to have to defend myself for being too optimistic. No, I'm all aboard John Brown. John Brown, John Brown was extraordinary with Joe Flacco last year as a fantasy asset. And I think that he's going to have similar success with uh, Josh Allen throwing the football. So I'm fully on board with him. He's your wide receiver 30. I see nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and he's a he's a swing for the fences pick. Like DJ Moore is much safer because right. like it is at least perceived right now that he's probably the number one wide receiver or the one B at worst uh, mm-hmm. to Christian McCaffrey probably <laughs> in Carolina. And so I mean, you'll hear me. I hope it doesn't seem like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but. The fantasy football is a risk assessment business, right? So if you need some safety and you've taken a lot of risk earlier in your draft, well, then I'm more likely to take Golden Tate because I, I'll, I'll get five every week at least. But if I feel very good about the top of my drafts, well, then I'm, I'm taking people like John Brown and Will Fuller because mm-hmm. if those guys hit, then you you know, you know trade your way into those Leviathan teams. Right. Which well, that's what, that's what a lot of people did with Adam um... – Adam Thielen last year was the fact that you, you know, build yourself a good team. And then Adam Thielen in the whatever fourth or fifth round, you're like, sure, why not? I'll take him. We'll see what he does. And then he blossomed into, you know, a top five receiver. And so you're like, great, this is just a beautiful luck and a thing to fall into. So I'm all for that draft strategy where you get the, the surefire names at the top. And then that allows you to maybe take a couple of risks later in the rounds. And I think those guys are all perfect names to take risks on. Uh, 59, you have Tyler Lockett, 58, Larry Fitzgerald, the never dies, what can never, what is dead can never die, uh, 57, Devin Funches, 56, Calvin Ridley, 55, Deshaun Jackson, 54, Robert Woods, 53, Julian Edelman, 52, Stefan Diggs, 51, Carlos Hyde, who I forgot was on the Chiefs, uh, and 50, Aaron Jones, Clark, I'm already, you already know what I'm going to say here, Devin Funches, 57, come on, Devin Funches is a wide receiver, 15, easy. Oh, too low. Too low. Oh, okay. Oh, I am. I, it says it in the title. I am aboard. I am conducting the Devin Funches hype train. Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, I think the Colts, this, this pains me to say, but I, I think the Colts supplant the Chiefs as the best offense. Ooh. In the this year. I, I, I don't think Devin Funches is this, you know, game changing NFL receiver, uh, but the Colts have been fairly potent with T.Y. Hilton as their most threatening receiver. We saw what Eric Ebron did last year. Now, I think he was probably a little mismanaged in Detroit, and I think this is one of those things where change of scenery really did help him. But I don't think Eric Ebron is this generational talent. I think that he was just the only tall person that Andrew Luck could throw the Mm -hmm. football to. So having another one in Devin Funches, who managed to look good with Cam Newton as his quarterback, by the way, Devin Funches was 21 when he came into the league. You know, sometimes we rush things too much. So Devin Funches, I think, has had a fairly good early career with a not great quarterback. And now he's moving to someone who, if he plays this way for another six, seven years, is going to be a generational talent in Andrew Luck. I'm very excited about getting Devin Funches late. Oh, yeah. Devin Funches is a name that I'm 
all four. If I if I've gotten, I would be comfortable having Devin Funches as my wide receiver too. If I've got, if I've used you know the early rounds to get big name big name wide receiver and two big name running backs, and in the fourth or fifth round, Devin Funches is the guy who I have to take for wide receiver two. I'm happy with that draft. I think he could be in for a massive season. And not only just from a yardage or receiving standpoint, I think those don't need to be big. I just think the touchdowns. I I mean, we saw him with um, Dante Moncrief. Yeah. And when, when you give Andrew Luck a big receiver in the red zone, I mean, Luck looked at Moncrief way too often and to the point where Moncrief had like 30 receptions and nine touchdowns at a certain point in the season. And so I think that similar thing could be happening with Funches. Um, so through the t- your, your bottom 50, is there anyone in that b- bottom 50 who you – who is who are you like most excited about for this season? Is there someone in that fifty who you're just like, I'm really hoping that this person slides to me because I am all a hundred percent for this person having a big season. I I think I've called out the guys that I want to with Will Fuller and John Brown. I just want to mention uh I may end up looking really stupid for this, but we're just assuming that the last guy in town in Kansas City is gonna be their starter this year. Uh, remember, you know, Andy Reid wanted to play Spencer Ware, you know, for several seasons, despite having shiftier, you know, I, I would say better running backs available. And so I just, I put Carlos Hyde up here one, cause I, I think he has a legitimate chance to be the starter. And two, I just think we should, to highlight, we should really pay attention and not just go ahead and give this job to Damian Williams, who had you know, three good games. Yeah. Three, oh. you know, CJ Anderson and Damian Williams had the same number of good games last year so just just pay attention to see to see what happens yeah i think that's a good point to make i i i'm a big carlos hyde fan and i and i think that he could be he could be good in the chief's offense hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, all right. Now we're into the 40s. 49, you have Derek Henry. 48, Lamar Miller. 47, Philip Lindsay. 46, Marlon Mack. 45, Latavius Murray. 44, Robbie Anderson. 43, Chris Godwin. 42, Sterling Shepard. Uh, 41, Hunter Henry. And 40, Juju smith Schuster, and I know because I got Nick's notes in front of me. I know that one irks Nick. Uh, Nick's biggest issue with the list is having Juju at forty. I think he should lead the tier. He should lead the tier after Hopkins, Beckham, Adams, and Julio. Maybe Mike Evans is ahead of him. It sounds like Nick has a much higher uh, thought on Juju Smith-Schuster. What is your reasoning for having him as your wide receiver seventeen? So I would just like to call out. That Nick thinks Juju Smith-Schuster is going to improve upon his year now that Antonio Brown is gone. I do not think that's going to happen. Uh, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a good wide receiver, uh, but this is kind of a running theme in in the NFL that you see when you watch the game for a long time, which I I shouldn't even be saying that. There's guys that would laugh. (laughs) Anyway, uh, you have a superstar number one wide receiver who defenses have to shift coverage to – uh, and that allows for a very talented number two receiver to also seem like a superstar. The superstar leaves, and it turns out 
that number two receiver was very good compared to the number two corner uh, and is not capable of being a number one receiver who, despite getting double coverage all the time or having defenses shift coverage toward him, can get open. Now, this is only a one-game sample, but we have only seen Juju Smith-Schuster try to be the number one in Pittsburgh for one game. It was week 17 last year. Roethlisberger didn't even look at him when he was lined up on the line of scrimmage. The only passes he caught were when he was in motion and when he was playing off the line of scrimmage. And they may try to do that with him, but he he does not get open. He He's good against zone. But he is not a one-on-one separator. And mm-hmm. I just, I am very nervous that the Steelers, you know, the chickens are going to come home to roost with letting Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown go. I'm not saying they're going to be terrible, but obviously at this spot, I'm just not going to have Juju Smith-Schuster on any of my teams. That's fair. That's fair. All right. I'm I'm curious. I am curious to see how it plays out because a lot of people have Juju as like the immediate replacement for Antonio Brown and that he's going to basically put up Antonio Brown's numbers now that he's the number one receiver in Pittsburgh. Um, and so, yeah, I, I have not seen him mocked this low. Uh, and I think your your reasoning is sound. I think that it is very likely that the Steelers' offense takes a step back. Uh, you have an aging Ben Roethlisberger who has shown multiple signs of aging. He's not at all the quarterback he once was, and I think you're right. There's less talent there for defenses to worry about, and Juju Smith-Schuster is not someone who wins off the line with speed. What he wins with is his physicality. He's a big, basically a big slot receiver who runs routes very effectively. Um, and so how does that change when you're now matched up against number one corners who can press you and who can you know run with you toe-to-toe? Now, one thing in his favor, if Ben Roethlisberger wants anything to happen this year, it will be to show that, you, that, that it's him. Right. That's true. <laughs> so, so, so Juju could, should, could get first fed a lot of targets. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, I just don't like arguing that someone's going to have a bad year. Yeah. I just, I, in general, uh, but I don't know. I, I'd, I'd rather have everybody in front of him if I'm on the clock. That's who I'm picking. So well, There you go. All right, and those guys in front of him, you've got 39 Jarvis Landry, 38 Amari Cooper, uh, 37 Brandon Cooks, 36 Kenny Galladay, 35 Zach Ertz, 34 Darius Geis, 33 on Johnson, 32 Sammy Watkins, ya boy, 31 Adam Thielen, and 30 Dalvin Cook. There's a few things that I'd love to talk about here. Uh, good confidence in Dalvin Cook, despite the fact that he is yet to play a full season or even half a season. Um, but really, the Mari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landry combo, I'm, in, I'm surprised. And this is just because I've had people uh, argue with me on this. Brandon Cooks, I feel like people forget, is a phenomenal fantasy player, regardless of what team he is in. He's um, very good. Yeah, and so I, I appreciate the fact that you have him as your wide receiver 14. Uh, I like that. I like that ranking for him. And the Amari Cooper, wide receiver 15, uh, do you think that that is a average – not an average, but like I guess I feel like with a full year and a full offseason getting together, I could see Amari Cooper taking a step into the wide receiver 10 category – do you think that it's more likely than not that he stays out of that? Or are you kind of like, ah, I'm comfortable with him wide receiver 15, but if, but maybe I could reach for him because I think that he could have that potential. I'd be really surprised if 
he got into the top 10 just because of Dallas's offense. They, they like to go That's slow. Terrible. They've got a good defense. They have maybe the best running back, at least a top five running back in the game. Mm-hmm. No reason for them to throw a ton. Uh, Cooper was wildly inconsistent last year after coming to the Cowboys. If you look at his counting stats all year, it looks really good. But then if you look at his game by game, you know, it's the kind of production that'll kill you in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, so I put him here because he's going to be the one uh, pretty good chemistry with Dak had the off season played pretty well with him last year. Uh, but really uh, I'd pick him in front of Jarvis Landry. I, I yeah. think there's more upside there and I'd pick him in front of Juju Smith Schuster, but I'd, I'd rather have Brandon cooks. And that's, that's kind of just how I evaluate these yeah. guys. These I, guys really. I am a big Brandon cooks fan. I think he's an, he's an easy wide receiver to get who will give you a, top 15 production regularly where people just sleep on that. They think that he's just this kind of deep threat guy whom if they're, you know, if Jared Goff isn't throwing it to him, he's not going to get, you know, he's not going to receive a lot of targets. He's kind of a boomer bust guy, which he's not, he's proven himself not to be, he's proven himself to be a reliable receiver who is a vital part of the Rams offense. He was a vital part of the Patriots offense and a vital part of the saints offense. And so I love the fact that people tend to overlook him and I am happy to let him comfortably fall into my lap as my wide receiver too. Yeah, and I, and I have a tendency that I'm, I'm not afraid to admit. Uh, I break ties in favor of prolific offenses. The Rams scored a ton sense. of points and moved the ball. I don't think that the Super Bowl was the beginning of the end for Sean McVay. I think they're going to be right back at the top of the NFL offensive. I butchered that. They're going to be good, again, <laughs> on offense. And, yeah. and so there's going to be tons of yards to go around. There's a lot of Rams in this range because no one – other than the man Todd Gurley really stands out, but you know, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Robert Woods' stats, I was like, <laughs> I had to move him way up. I felt like an idiot. I was like, you just haven't ever had him on your team. And he just quietly put up like 1,300 yards. And yeah. Robert Woods is exactly, yep, exactly. Very that good. I mean, it, or sorry, it doesn't matter if he's good. He plays a key role in one of the best offenses in the NFL. Perfect. So, yep. Uh, all right, now we're in the top 30, and this is where Nick Nick has a lot to say about this group. I, I want to say one more thing. Oh, go, yeah. Uh, if you miss on Zach Ertz, you better draft Hunter Henry. And if you miss on Hunter Henry, just don't bother at tight end. You're just going to be streaming, and just don't even worry about it in your draft. Um, I want to use this quickly as a platform to plug Hunter Henry as your tight end of the future in fantasy because he has – when he is healthy and he's played, he's been Phil Rivers' go-to guy in the red zone. Uh, and I am all for Hunter Henry and in that offense. And if he can stay healthy, I'm buying. Also someone I completely forgot. Yep. <laughs> I had to there go back go. through and take all of my – there's only three tight ends worth drafting. I had to change that to four <laughs> for all of these guys. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And, and oh. last year, he was, he was the worst-kept secret in fantasy football last year. Everybody was hyper-excited for him for very yep. good reason. He just had a bit of a false start, a year removed from his knee injury. Uh, and hopefully a lot of idiots like me will forget about him so you can get him at a bit of a bargain. Yep. You know who didn't forget about him? Stephen A. Smith. That guy's tuned in. I... <laughs> All right. So we got so Nick's got a lot to say on, on this cluster of players. Um, so maybe we'll go through them a little slowly. We'll go, th- we'll go through them by threes because I want to make sure that we're uh, – getting the breakdown. So 29 of James Conner, 28 Sony Michelle and 27 uh, Leonard Fournette. Now Nick has thoughts on James Conner. He's surprised to see Conner at 29. 
He, I'd have him ahead of Josh Jacobs, Freeman, etc. I'd probably put Mark Ingram right behind him. I actually agree with you with your James Conner assessment. I don't think that the Steelers, I don't think James Conner is a lock to be the Steelers' number one unquestioned running back. I think the Steelers are going to have a running back by committee, and I think that their offense, what, what made James Conner so effective is that their offensive line is one of the best in football, and I think that they have a very strong run game. Like I think that the, the, the strategy and the play calling that they do is very strong in the ground. I think James Conner is a good running back, but I don't think that he is unquestionably a – you have him as your what running, running back 16. Yeah, I don't think he's unquestionably a top 10 fantasy back. Yeah, and Nick threw these questions out into our group chat, and I looked at it, and yeah, I, I'm going to flip Leonard Fournette and James Conner, so I'm going to move him up a little bit. Um, but I do agree with you. I'm scared enough that James Conner is just – He's a little bruiser. Uh, he, he's pretty good in the passing game. You know, had a, a ton of volume. And if that happens again, then this rank is going to look just incredibly stupid. But, <laughs> but all ranks do. He, you know, I'd rather take Sonny Michelle. I know I know. I mentioned with James White that the uh, – or sorry, I, I would rather take James Conner than like Leonard Fournette, a guy mm-hmm. that I'm a little worried about and I don't think he's on a good team. I'd rather take James Conner than uh, Sony Michelle, who is just maddening. Does this freaking Patriots? They just give you ones and twos, uh, but I I can't get him in front of Nick Chubb or Mark Ingram or even Devonta Freeman or Joe Mixon. I just can't. I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, all right, and so then the rest of the uh, the twenties: twenty six Andrew Luck, twenty five Michael Thomas, twenty four T Y Hilton, twenty three Keenan Allen. 22 Antonio Brown, 21 AJ Green, and 20 Julio Jones. I want to quickly drop jump back because we talked about Andrew Luck, who's your quarterback one for fantasy. Your quarterback one, two, three are Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes, which I think is contrary to most people who have Patrick Mahomes walking in as that number one quarterback. You've already alluded to the fact that you have high hopes and aspirations for the Colts offense this season. I'm going to agree with you, not so much that Andrew Luck will be the number one quarterback in fantasy. I think he certainly could be, but more so that I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to be another 50-plus touchdown guy. I, I mean, that in and of itself is a, is a rare feat, but I don't, I don't think that he is a lock to be this number one quarterback that everyone is drafting or thinking that he is. So I, uh, I commend your chutzpah to, uh, to putting Patrick Mahomes in at three instead of one. Well, thanks. We... <laughs> I understand why people are excited about Patrick Mahomes. I'm excited about Patrick Mahomes as well. Uh, this is this is kind of the opposite of well, he ha- hasn't had a good game in a long time. He's due. Kind of analysis is just like quarterbacks very rarely repeat right like number one. He had an MVP season. Things went so right for him, but the Chiefs have lost a lot in the offseason. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that a league that seems to constantly make the wrong decision when it comes to player discipline is going to make the right decision here. And we're just not going to see Tyreek Hill at least this year. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, or I agree just for the record anyway. So, but, but losing Kareem Hunt is big and I have Sammy Watkins ranked high, but that's a lot of I fell in love with Sammy Watkins a long time ago, and I'm just trying to will it to happen. Um, but Andy Reid can cover up 
not having the most talented guys. And I think Patrick Mahomes can help him do that because I think Patrick Mahomes is not a product of Andy Reid's system. I think he's fantastic. But just the Chiefs have a lot of question marks, seem to be kind of as much as an offense that I'm very confident will finish in the top four can is kind of sliding back a little bit. And the Colts seem to be on the upswing with a lot of the guys that they've picked up this uh, this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, their backs were all pretty good last year, but they just had, it seemed like a lot of bad injury luck. Uh, you know, they're getting Jack Doyle back. They've got Devin Funchess. They drafted some really interesting rookies. I mean, like if, if, when the Colts go four wide with Naeem Hines in the backfield, that's going to be a very okay. interesting set. Yeah. Um, or, or, I mean, maybe splitting Jack Doyle out wide. That's just, they're, they have a very creative coach, uh, and I, I think betting on things to repeat in fantasy football is, is just kind of silly. Like you'll see running backs do it a couple of years in a row, but that's about it. So yeah, no, I agree with that. Huge fan of Andrew Luck's talent. Huge fan of the cast surrounding him. Uh, yeah, so I just I'm lamenting this because I'm a Texans fan, and he's in our division. And he's and he's just going to pillage you guys. Uh, on AJ Green, Nick is curious. He has the option to keep him at roughly 40% of his expected auction budget value or keep Odell Beckham at roughly 10% higher than his expected uh, value. Which does he do? Because he can't help but worry about AJ Green's injury history. So I'm worried about that too, but I'm looking at my ranks and I don't think I really ranked him that way. Like 21, he's only behind. What do I have? Wide receivers. He's wide receiver six. Like, where yeah. would I move him up to? Right. So I think I've just ignored his injury history and gone with the talent. I mean, which I think, for the record, is the right thing to do. I think you do ignore that. With someone like AJ Green in an offense like Cincinnati, where who else is Andy Dalton throwing the ball to? I think you do ignore the injury history and you say, yeah, I'm taking AJ Green. I'm trusting that he's going to be healthy and I'm trusting that he's just going to, you know, eat targets for breakfast i play in a lot of keeper leagues and uh, my tendency is always to take the like how much value are you really getting out of keeping odell instead of aj green here it sounds like you're getting aj green at half price and you have to pay 110 percent for odell if i'm understanding the question well i'll take aj green at half price probably but what you need to do when you're in a keeper league especially with auctions and budget is you need to plot who you think is going to be taken and then do exercises of what your draft is going to look like. And if, so I, I'm in a league where we keep two keepers and I estimate who's going to be kept and I take them out of the pool. And then I do drafts to see, should I really hang on to that running back there? Or maybe wide receivers are going to dry up a little bit because of who's going to be caught. So for Nick, I would look at who's going to keep who, it, you know, you can keep Odell for 110% of his expected value. I mean that, so can't you just pay 110% right. for him and then you'd probably get him. All right, top 20, we have uh, number 19, George Kittle, 18, 18 Nick Chubb, uh, 17, Devonta Freeman, 16, Joe Mixon, 15, Mark Ingram, 14, Josh Jacobs, 13, Travis Kelsey, 12, Devonta Adams, 11, Odell Beckham, and 10, Mike Evans. My question for you is, I know Nick Chubb now has Kareem Hunt to share the backfield with, but when was the last time Devonta Freeman played a full season? And so why is Nick Chubb below Devonta Freeman? <laughs> so you know if Kareem Hunt had not gone to Cleveland Nick Chubb would probably be like my second or third running back yes rightfully so I have a huge crush on Nick Chubb's game and that the Browns offense even if it's not much improved from last year even if it just looks 
like 70, 80% of what it looked like the second half of last year, he's going to be amazing. The only reason he's so low here is because I am worried about week 10 when the playoffs are right around the corner. What is that backfield going to look like? And dude, trying to predict what the NFL is going to look like at week 10, impossible. three months before is kind of stupid. <laughs> but that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, Devonta Freeman, if he comes back from injury, high-flying Falcons offense, they've done nothing to replace Tevin Coleman, which <laughs> you don't really need to because he's not that good. Uh, and he could be he could be right back to 1,400 yards and, and 15 touchdowns just very easily. So we'll have to really pay attention with Devonta uh, Freeman if he's not practicing a lot or if he's riding the bike on the sidelines a lot. He's going to trickle down the ranks, but he – we're getting into the workhorse back unquestioned number one guys here. And they're, those guys are just so valuable. Yeah. Um, that's, that's fair. That's a good point. So high on this list, even though we've never seen him play. He, yeah. yeah. As no, unsure but, as you have to be about everything in fantasy football, Josh Jacobs is either going to get hurt or get 300 touches this year. That's just, that's, that's, yeah, that's how it's going to play out. And so you're betting that he gets the 300. Yeah, and it's a good point, too, about Devonta Freeman. And if he is come back healthy, we all know the Falcons' offense. And we also know that, yeah, there's no one. But Tevin Coleman's not there anymore. So it seems like it's going to be his unchallenged and unrivaled uh, backfield. Yeah. I really want to talk about George Kittle. I, I love drafting. I love getting an advantage at a position. And so I know it's popular to wait on quarterback. Um, but if you're in a league full of people who think that they're really sharp and you have Andrew Luck available at four, go ahead and take them. Fantasy is a week to week game. Uh, streaming can cause a lot of headaches. And if you're really good at it, you can, you can do it. It is a totally viable strategy, but at tight end, you cannot stream. Uh, I, I challenge someone to, to write it down this year and tell me who you're going to stream uh, who's who's less than like 20% owned in Yahoo leagues. I, I tried to do it all the time in DFS and I'm just because I'm not good at it doesn't mean you won't be good at it, but good luck. I'll pay up for George Kittle at 19. I mean, Julio Jones is great, but look at all of the wide receivers that are available in the thirties. Right. Like that's fine. There's going to be some guys that we've never heard of that are going to hand in three, four five, you know, top 10, top 20 weeks. We just know that. And we also just know that that's not going to happen with tight ends. So George Kittle is like the only thing that is good and holy in the 49ers offense. It's the only thing we know that's going to work is George Kittle. So, man, I should probably move him up a little bit higher than 19. I just – I don't see him getting out of the second round in, in many drafts. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. All right, and we're now into the top 10. And I don't think these guys – I don't think there should be too much discussion here. You got DeAndre Hopkins at 9 as your wide receiver 1. David Johnson at eight, Le'Veon Bell at seven, Melvin Gordon at six, Todd Gurley at five, Alvin Kamara at four, Saquon Barkley three, Christian McCaffrey two, Ezekiel Elliott one. Honestly, this all makes sense. The only thing that like Todd Gurley, there's been lots of talk about his knee, and you even mentioned it in your piece. You're saying he's going to make a lot of people look stupid. Either the knee injury is going to catch up with him. Uh, or he's just going to continue to be a touchdown machine, and those who pass on him are going to look stupid for passing on him. That he's the only guy in that top ten group where I'm like, well, maybe that's a little high. Everyone else, especially Christian McCaffrey, I love Christian McCaffrey as the as your number two back because I think that he has shown 
not only a proficiency in the passing game, we all know, but now he's been able to run and they've let him run. Um, plus, the guy looks like a fucking superhero right now with his giant arms, and so he's going he's gonna to pound through the middle for 10 touchdowns. Yeah, and at the very top, you're splitting the finest of hairs. And, right. I, you know, if someone says, I'm stupid for having Saquon 3, okay, that's fine. Like, if he's your number one, I don't care. I kind of think that there's two tiers here. Uh, the one to four of, you know, it would be hard for me to take Alvin Kamara over Ezekiel Elliott, but you know, I, I could see making an argument for, for any of these guys t- to be the top four. The only thing that's really kind of making me think as I look back on it is I should probably slide Melvin Gordon in front of Todd Gurley. Melvin Gordon only played 12 games last year and had something like 13 or 14 touchdowns. The Chargers were really leaning on him in the red zone, and he just looked fantastic, but then got a little banged up towards the end of the year. Uh, one thing I do want to call it is Mike Evans is my wide receiver, too. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> well, we yeah, talked about it a lot on this podcast. We've talked about the Bruce Arian effect. Ah, super excited. And then, of course, my man DeAndre Hopkins, best wide receiver in football, uh, number one. And even if you don't think he's going to finish number one, probably the safest wide receiver. To t- I'm probably damning him wow. by saying this. Definitely. But, you know, always healthy. You know, looked pretty good with Brock Osweiler, right? That's kind of like the highest praise you can give any football player in the world. Sorry, Brock, I shouldn't. No, that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. That's mean. I shouldn't have said that, but <laughs> super safe. If you're going to go wide receiver early, I mean, you could do a lot worse than a lot worse than DeAndre Hopkins. So Hopkins breaks my running back tier, but uh, I really think if you're inside the top seven this year in in fantasy drafts that's that's really the spot to be because you're going to get a primo primo running back and then coming back you're going to be spoiled of choice yeah or for an rb2 or like julio or aj i mean not gonna say no to that someone is gonna someone great is gonna be available Uh, i really hate the 12 turn Mm. Uh, i really hate the 12 turn except for the i guess you can pick up travis kelsey and not feel too bad about it and uh Love Kelsey. I know it's not the top 10, but uh, love Kelsey. I, I know I've talked about tight end a lot to interrupt before we got to Kelsey and then we skipped him. Uh, head and shoulders above everybody else at the position gives you an advantage every week. Uh, I, I don't know why you wouldn't take him at 12, 13, 14. Oh, yeah. No, I'm on board. Um, and Nick also agrees with your idea of moving Melvin Gordon. Uh, he also adds David Johnson ahead of Todd Gurley, both of which I can get behind because – Unlike uh, Todd Gurley, David Johnson does not have a knee injury or any kind of leg injury to uh, to come back from. It was so. his wrist. It was his wrist, you guys. Awesome. Well, make sure to go check out 13th. Clark has written a blurb on every single one of those guys for all his 108, uh, his ranking. So make sure, 13th.com, go check that out. Uh, it's a shit ton of work that Clark put in. So well done, sir. Uh, we did a quick run through. Hopefully, well, not even that quick. This is probably going to be an hour long podcast. Uh, but we walked through it all. Hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes. We're search for fake teams, fake teams podcast channel. We're all, you're also going to get then our, uh, brother podcast, the double switch for fantasy baseball. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB one podcast. Follow myself at Pete M Rogers, follow Clark at NFL Clark. And we'll be back at you guys next week. Next week is going to, uh, possibly be the last week that will be the last week that I'm on. Uh, I'm going to be gone for the next the three weeks after that. So we'll see 
uh, we'll do some kind of pre-behind the scene talk and see whether or not uh, the podcast will continue during that three-week hiatus. I think Clark is looking to take on the leadership role and be ho- flex those hosting muscles. The, uh, the only thing that can stop me is technology, Pete. So we'll see if we can get it done. Fight through that. Uh, until then, peace!